This is a GRDC podcast. Winter wheat varieties allow grain growers in the southern region to sow much earlier than traditionally practised. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. But which of the new generation of winter wheat varieties should growers sow and how should early sowing be managed? It's the subject of a significant GRDC investment and the topic was covered at GRDC's Bendigo Grains Research Update by Associate Professor at La Trobe University, James Hunt. James is long acquainted with early sown winter wheat research, and this podcast begins with him outlining the fundamental questions the project explores. Number one was, how early can you push winter wheat? So what's their, their sowing window? In previous projects, we'd always been planting them in the middle of April. We hadn't gone any earlier than that, so we wanted to know how far we could push them back. Because in theory because they have that vernalisation requirement and don't flower until they experience a winter, you could be sowing them in summer and they would still flower at the right time. So we wanted to know uh, when yields would be maximised. We also wanted to know which of the new, newly released winter cultivars could yield best in different environments. And we also wanted to know what other management we had to put around that in order to maximise yields. And finally, we wanted to know how much... Um, starting rainfall or stored soil water, you needed to establish winter wheats and make sure that they um, grew okay into into winter and and survived. The second important point is that you can't manipulate flowering time of winter wheats by changing the sowing time, which you can with spring wheats. Therefore, you need to have a winter wheat that's adapted to your environment that flowers at the right time. So in our low yielding environments where yields were less than two and a half tonnes per hectare, Longsword was the, the highest yielding cultivar because it could flower at the right time in the low low rainfall environments. When you went above two and a half tonnes per hectare, the cultivar DS Bennett became the, the best performing wheat. So we've got eight experimental sites across South Australia and Victoria, four in each state. The main experiment that we're looking at is a time of sowing by cultivar experiment. So it's got four times of sowing targeting the middle of March, start of April, middle of April and start of May. And we had a core set of five winter cultivars plus some spring controls in all of those times of sowing. We then had a second experiment that was at three sites, Loxton in South Australia and Birchip and Horsham in Victoria, where we were doing the same times of sowing, but we were irrigating with different amounts to see whether the actual amount of starting soil water that you have affects winter wheat performance. So we were watering with either 10, 25 or 50 millimetres of of water. The final experiment we had, we only had two sites, so Loxton and Yarrawonga, and we were looking at three different winter cultivars and what happens if you sow them at low plant density, what happens if you graze them, defoliate them, and then what happens if you defer nitrogen inputs to stem elongation versus putting it up front at sowing. Well, you had a a pretty tough season as far as the eastern states were concerned um, last growing season. Did that impact the trials results at all? No, it was actually quite handy because, yeah, it exposed our winter wheats to an extremely tough autumn and some some pretty big frosts so we got to see how they performed over a, a wider range of conditions and what we found overwhelmingly um, over the network of trials is that the yield of the best winter wheat 
can match the yield of our, our spring control, our best practice control. So we call that scepter sown in the first week of May. Um, and it can do that over a really wide range of yields from 0.6 of a tonne at our lowest yielding site up to over seven tonnes per hectare. And so the, the final outcome? We looked at management, other management things that you have to do, and we found that by far and away, cultivar selection and getting the time of sowing right. So um, sowing in April, that was the other important point that we found that the highest yields came from planting in April. Yields started to, to drop off generally once you moved into March. Getting the cultivar and the sowing time right were the biggest management levers that you could pull that maximised yield. But we did show that reducing plant density from 150 to 50 plants per metre squared gave you a small positive yield benefit, 0.2 of a tonne per hectare on average. But grazing and defoliation and nitrogen timing were less reliable and they interacted with, with site or cultivar. So, for instance, in the case of grazing, the overall effect was a mean reduction in yield. But if you look at how that influenced different cultivars, longsword could recover its yield really well. So grazing defoliation didn't tend to reduce it, whereas it did in Kitty Hawk and Bennett, which were the two other cultivars we looked at. Nitrogen timing also depended on environment. So in our Loxton site where um, winter and spring rainfall is pretty sparse, we actually got a yield penalty from deferring nitrogen because we couldn't get into the crop. It got too dry in winter and spring. Whereas at Yarrawonga, we actually got a small yield advantage from, from deferring our nitrogen. You've been looking at early sowing for a long time now. Mm. Have the latest outcomes been what you expected or has it sort of broken some new ground for you? It's been largely what we've expected. So I guess the new thing that we were testing in the, the recent trials is how this new generation of winter wheats were performing. So I guess there's been highs and lows. So the high, I guess, is that they can match elite spring wheat yields. The old winter wheats couldn't do that. So, well, and couldn't do that in a lot of environments in, in South Australia and Victoria. So that's that's good news. I guess the um, slightly disappointing thing is that they're not exceeding yields of our spring wheat controls like we've seen in um, previous trials in southern New South Wales and also with the with the experimental lines. And I guess the one of the really disappointing things was that we had a lot of hope in the cultivar longsword because that had the that fast winter development pattern that we knew was really well adapted to a lot of the grain belts, a lot of Western Australia and South Australia and Victoria. And it um, it's milling quite well, it didn't get milling quality, it's it's feed. And it also seemed to go sterile under under high yields. So yeah, that was a bit of a setback. But um, well, I guess we learned something and we we learned something before it went in widely into the hands of growers. So so that's useful from an industry perspective. But I think, yeah, to really take it to the next level, we need adapted fast winter wheats that are, are suited to the, the bulk of the grain belt. And um, breeding companies are, are still having a go at that and developing those. And I've got a, um, a PhD student, David Can, who's focusing his thesis on how to best adapt winter wheats to low rainfall, semi-arid environment. So David might pick up a few clues with, again, with GRDC investment. And you mentioned needing to learn something. And of course, the growers and advisors who attend the update are also looking to, to learn uh, from the keynote speakers like yourself. 
Did you get much reaction from growers after your session as to uh, what they were thinking about the outcomes you've talked about? Yeah, I guess at the advisor updates, you tend to have more advisors or, well, they're grains research updates, but often they're more agronomists than, than growers. But certainly we know that growers around Australia are trying this in their paddocks and some have had success and um, are, are into it. Some some haven't and some have, some have disadopted. So, yeah, there's certainly interest and people can see the... Um, People can see the point to it and the benefit of it. It's just, yeah, overcoming some of the constraints to get it adopted and implemented into a farming system. Do you also get some feedback coming back your way that you can learn from and, and even adopt? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you're not working reasonably closely with farmers, you'll yeah miss out on a lot of how to make your research relevant, I suppose, relevant, I suppose and change change what you're doing so that it is relevant to different farming systems so yeah that's extremely important so what are the key messages or or outcomes that you would like advisors growers to have walked away from the update session with winter wheats are a viable option in farming systems that they suit so in dual purpose systems or mixed farming systems where growers have a cropping component and a livestock component they've got a really strong fit and always have from for dual purpose use and we've sort of refined the um the sowing dates that people should use in the management and the the cultivars they should use in different yield environments um but in grain only scenarios where people are only growing um grain crops there's less of an obvious fit but they are useful and, and extremely useful for opening up the sowing window so if you've got a big cropping growing cropping program you can use them to get more crop sown on time and they have also shown that they can be useful in managing frost risk so uh, ds bennett which is a bit of a slower developing winter variety has always topped our trials where we've had a lot of frost pressure just because it does flower a bit later and it seems to handle heat and drought okay and so that's quite a useful thing for, for growers to manage frosty areas of their farm with James Hunt, Associate Professor at La Trobe University. And for more information on emerging management tips for early sown winter wheats, search GRDC Update Papers. And you'll find James's paper as well as all the other papers from the Bendigo Update. I'm Tony Crowley and you've been listening to a GRDC podcast. Podcast.